Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. All right. Let's pray as we open up God's words together. Lord, thank you that you're still speaking, that you speak to us. Lord, thank you that your word really is alive. But Lord, we, we confess, God, many times we don't really see how to put it into practice in our own lives. And we're asking for your help this morning, God, that we wouldn't just hear another sermon, God, but that you would stir us and shape us and transform us to live in a way that pleases you and looks like you in all that we do, Jesus. Amen. So we've been looking through the Gospel of Mark, now just focusing on Jesus through the lens of how Mark writes his Gospel for quite a number of weeks now. And last Sunday, Corey was challenging us with Jesus's call to deny ourselves, to take up the cross, and to follow him. And I'm going to this morning try to draw our attention to a pattern in the life and ministry of Jesus. And to kind of get our attention to it, I just went back through the different weeks that we've and the different passages of Mark that we've looked at so far. And I've pulled roughly speaking, like one verse from each of those passages, kind of like from one each week. And I'm going to ask you just a real simple, not a trick question here in a minute about what some of these have in common. And so just here from John chapter one, uh, you'll see a pair of verses that are kind of back to back. One says that at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And then after that, it says that after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee and was preaching the good news of God. So the next, the question, next slide, is a straightforward one. We see that Jesus was going back and forth between north and south in Palestine. How did he get there? Walking. Anyone else agree? Right? Did he have a motorcycle? No. Did he have a, an SUV? Did he have a helicopter? How did Jesus go from place to place? He walked. That's actually my point this morning. Could you just say to your neighbor, Jesus walked? That particular round trip that he did from Galilee down to near Jerusalem and back, it's about 65 miles each way. I mean, think about it. Our lens for those things gets... Uh, distorted because we can get places so easily by car. You hop on the expressway and you're going, you know, well over a mile a minute and you get places real quick. But it took several days for him to do that. And, and as he did that, it wasn't just a one-time trip. We see it's a pattern for his ministry. He's walking beside the Sea of Galilee. As he's traveling throughout Galilee, he's walking to do that. When he enters Capernaum, how did he get back there? Everywhere he goes, he's walking. And John's gospel gives us some detail into certain moments of Jesus' traveling. And and he lays out that Jesus arrives in some places hungry, thirsty, and tired from the journey. And this was the pattern of how Jesus... Let me say it this way. This is the pattern of how God did it when he came to this planet. This is the pattern of Jesus' life. That when God entered the world, the way he moved around was with dirty feet and sore legs in the most time-consuming, 
commonplace, the way most people did it, and in the inefficiency of just walking from place to place. So when I say Jesus walked, the point that I'm hoping will come home to us by the Holy Spirit is that Jesus didn't take shortcuts and that Jesus didn't prioritize his own convenience. But instead, the way of walking was fruitful in his obedience to the Father. Now, what's that mean for Jesus' disciples? When Jesus said, come follow me, well, here's three more of the verses that we've looked at so far during the series. Uh, It looks like wherever Jesus was walking, yeah, that's right. The disciples were doing what? Walking right along as well. And what that means is that we also are called to walk. And I mean that both physically and metaphorically, that we're called to a life that isn't seeking shortcuts, that isn't looking for the easy way, but is making a priority of saying, what's going to be fruitful in my obedience to my heavenly father? Being Christians means that we choose fruitfulness instead of convenience. When we say Jesus walked, we're saying, don't choose the easiest way. Choose the most fruitful way. So the way Jesus was getting around, on foot. Yeah, it was common. It was the way most people had to do it. But it's not the way the rulers would travel in his time. It's not the way rulers travel in our time. I remember when uh, Johnny and Brian were visiting Zimbabwe. I picked them up at the airport in Harare, and we, and, and we were driving. Uh, and we're driving out of the airport. We're just cruising along, and suddenly I'm yanking the car off the road to the side because I saw in the rearview mirror, here comes the motorcade of President Robert Mugabe. And if you don't get all the way off the road, he's got some goons who'll drag you out of the car and rough you up in a serious way. Rulers of this world they ride. They don't walk. But when God came to earth, he walked instead of riding. There was no motorcade for Jesus, even though he was the king of heaven. And I hope you can see this. I hope you'll, you'll get this point this morning, that Jesus walked instead of taking the easy way. Well, Jesus, by walking, he was demonstrating he was from a different kingdom. And when we choose to do things in a way that isn't the most convenient, that isn't a shortcut, that doesn't prioritize our own convenience, we're showing that we belong to a different kingdom as well. There's this quality in the life of Jesus, and it shows us that the way of the cross isn't the easy way. The way of the cross is the way of the Lord. And the cross is not just a destination. It's not just something that Jesus chose to endure at the very end of his life. We see that day by day, Jesus was making choices that were in the way of the cross, that were walking the way of the cross in his day-to-day activities. And it matters that we see this because Jesus, Jesus was like a miracle magnet. Wherever Jesus was going, there were miracles that were happening. But in his own life, Jesus did not use faith or supernatural authority as a shortcut to give himself convenience. Here's what I mean. Walking walking is hard work. If you've had to walk a long distance, you'll find that you're much sore at the end than you expected, that you use muscles that you weren't used to, to using. But it's not just hard work. 
Walking is time consuming. Think about how much more productive Jesus could have been in his short time of ministry if he hadn't wasted all that time just going slowly from place to place. If Jesus was ministering today, his schedule would be packed so tight to make it so efficient to make sure that he was always doing something that was viewed as productive. But Jesus didn't choose to do things that way. And it wasn't a technology problem because all of the miracle power of heaven was available to him. We find elsewhere in scripture that Jesus could have used supernatural means of transportation that we see God doing on certain occasions elsewhere in scripture that didn't violate someone's humanity. What about a a chariot of fire to get from Jerusalem back up to Galilee? It would have been much quicker. There was a time in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8, when one of the evangelists got transported by the Holy Spirit from one place, bing, and he shows up somewhere else. I can tell you how much more preferable that would be to me than two nights on the airplane going somewhere in row 37H. But for Jesus, he didn't take advantage of those shortcuts. And part of what it tells us is that Jesus, it wasn't impossible, it shows us he had different priorities. He wasn't choosing the easy way. He was choosing a way that was most fruitful in his obedience to the Father. And he shows us in doing that, that Jesus was not a slave to the productivity mindset of this world. By walking, John, John Hamster was pointing this out to me, by walking, Jesus didn't miss people along the way. He didn't miss things. He didn't overlook things as he was walking. And Jesus, in the world's economy, the world's value system, how valuable we are is linked to visible results and how much we are getting done. But Jesus was only willing to do what the Father had for him. Or another way of saying it is he was willing to only do what the Father had for him. And he didn't have to try to pack more in than what God actually had for him. By taking the slower way instead of the shortcuts, he was choosing the way that was fruitful in his obedience to the Father. And the world is going to tempt us, consistently tempts us, provokes us to take shortcuts. And it does that with a value system that both prioritizes our convenience and a false view of genuine spiritual productivity. So the world tempts us. Why, why, why is what you want taking so long? How many advertisements are telling us if we just get this, we can get what we want faster. Think how much more we could get done if we followed these five tricks, these five weird tricks. But Jesus didn't take shortcuts. What did Jesus do? Jesus walked. Go ahead and tell your neighbor that again. Remind them. They forgot it already. Jesus walked. And walking was a very physical expression for Jesus of the reality that on all areas of his life. He wasn't just choosing the easy way. He was choosing the harder way, and he didn't make a priority out of his own convenience. It goes against my grain. Everything in me wants it to be easier and more convenient. And one of the temptations that comes is then I want to make faith my tool to make my life easier and more convenient. But that's not how Jesus walked. Now, you may know, Jesus did some miraculous walking. Jesus didn't just walk on the road. Sometimes he walked on the water. 
And when Jesus was doing miraculous walking, it was a miracle. But it's still in the same pattern of not doing it for his own convenience, not taking shortcuts. He actually did it the harder way instead of the easier way. Take a look with me. We're still in a series on Mark. Look with me in Mark chapter 6, verse 45. In Matthew's gospel, Mark's gospel, John's gospel, immediately after Jesus feeds 5,000 people with a miraculous increase of bread and fish, he sends his disciples in a boat to cross the lake, and he goes walking on the water after them. Here's what the Bible says. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida and while he, while he dismissed the crowd. And after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Verse 47 says, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. Walking on the what? On the water? On the lake. Okay, what was he doing on the lake? He was walking on the lake. And it says he was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. So, quite reasonably, they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. And immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down and they were completely amazed. Now take note of this. While Jesus was walking in the miracle, while Jesus was walking across the water, he did it in the middle of the storm and he didn't calm the storm until after he had just about reached the other side and he got to the disciples in their boat. Look, if it was me, I would have just calmed the storm before I started walking. It would have made it a lot easier. And that shows the difference between the inclinations of my heart and the inclinations of Jesus's heart. I'd be thinking, how do I make this easier for myself? And Jesus doesn't even seem to ask that question of how to make it easier for himself. When he's walking in the miracle, he's walking in the wind. He's walking through the waves. And we need to recognize that the faith that calms the storm comes from the one who's willing to walk through the storm. Growing your faith for walking on the water, growing your faith for calming the storms of life, this faith comes when we walk with Jesus down the dusty roads of life. This is the faith that grows as we walk rather than expecting an easy ride as a shortcut. Faith is not the shortcut to allow us to escape the difficult process of growth. Our faith grows as we walk through the difficulties, not as we avoid them. And Jesus made very similar choices when it came to food and drink. I mentioned that in in John's gospel, you can read it in chapter 4, Jesus goes to a town in Samaria. He's tired and hungry from the journey as he stops at the well. And when Jesus was thirsty, here's what he did. He asked someone for water instead of just cracking open a rock and having water come out of it like a fountain. When Jesus was hungry there, the Bible says he sent his disciples into town to buy food when he could have commanded the stones to turn into bread. And he didn't do it that way. 
For Jesus, the life of faith was not a life of shortcuts. For Jesus, the life of faith was not the easy road. For Jesus, the life of faith was a walk of obedience, not convenience. Would he have preferred an easier way? I can think of one time where Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's facing the cross itself and he cried out, Father, if there is any other way besides me drinking this cup, oh God, I'd rather have that way. But when push came to shove, his prayer was, but not my will be done, but yours be done. And when we're embracing the harder road of faith, it's fruitful in our obedience to the Father. The shortcuts that tempt us lead us away from fruitfulness, not into it. You know, and technology today tempts us with a promise of making life easy. Every technological advance in advertisement is saying it's going to make our life easier everywhere, more convenient. Oh, almighty tech, make my life easy for me. Technology offers us not just the convenience, not just convenience in the tasks of life, but it pretends to be able to give us uh, advantages and an easier time in our relationships. And it's far from the truth. Technology can give us the illusion of closer relationships, but it's no substitute for the hard work of growing intimate and close and vulnerable with other people. Real relational fruitfulness comes from the hard work of face-to-face personal interactions with imperfect, flawed people. And one of the lies, one of the lines of pornography is that you can substitute quick gratification for genuine intimacy. No, don't follow the lie that says that life should just be easy for us to take the easier way. Instead, walk with Jesus down the dusty road of fruitfulness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor again, Jesus walked because they're forgetting it already. Now, don't follow the lie that says faith should make everything easy for you. It's foolishness. People who are saying that forget that Jesus was walking, that he had dirty feet. He was tired from the journey. Our life, this life of faith that we live in the body, we are living between the cross and the crown. And there's not a shortcut for us along the way. We're living this life of faith in this body through faith in the Son of God. And the mystery that we find in the life of Jesus is that the way to glory is through the cross. They're not incompatible. They're not one or the other. The only route to glory is through the cross. The life of faith is the life of his faith. Do you hear that? The life of faith that we're called to is the life of Jesus' own faith. It's the faith that walks instead of expecting to ride. And it matters for you and me. It matters for us in our day-to-day living because if you or I want to be faithful in following Jesus, we can't be the kind of people who just take the easy way. One reason that we keep falling into the same temptations and we seem like we can never get free is because you're vulnerable. Because in your heart, deep in your heart, you just want it the easy way. Jesus walked. And it is empowering for his obedience to the Father. You can't be faithful in following Jesus if you're going to take the easy way out every time the devil comes to you with his temptation. Do you remember how the devil came to Jesus? He came to him and he said, are you hungry? 
why should someone like you be hungry? Just take the easy way to get some bread. Listen, whatever it is that's leaving you unsatisfied, feeling like there's kind of a hole in your own heart, hungry for more on your inside, well, just take it for yourself now instead of waiting for God's time. According to the devil, you should never feel unsatisfied inside. According to the devil, you should never be like lacking or longing or unsatisfied. Just take whatever you need right now. Are other people not giving you enough recognition? Do other people not give you the credit that you really deserve? Well, the devil has a solution for that too. He came to Jesus and said, come on right up here to the top of the temple. Throw yourself down and everybody will see how great you really are. According to the devil, you should never feel lonely. You should never feel underappreciated. You should never feel like you're not getting the credit or the applause that you want to have from other people. Or maybe you're tired of waiting for the kingdom to really come. Maybe you're tired because you've been working in faithfulness and you're just not seeing the results. Well, the devil comes to Jesus. I've got for you a kingdom right here. All you've got to do is bow down and worship me. Because according to the devil, you should never have to wait for whatever it is God's promised to you in your life. Are you seeing the shortcuts of the devil's way? They're not the way of Jesus. Jesus walked. He took the harder road. He took the long way. Jesus did not take advantage of convenience over obedience. I want to urge you to meditate on it, to ask yourself, what, what does it say to me that Jesus walked? And I can hear someone, someone saying, <laughs> at least me, but wait a minute. Everywhere Jesus went, there were miracles. Yeah, Jesus was a fountain of miracles. Jesus was God himself. Miracles were natural for Jesus. And there's a pattern here in the life and the faith of Jesus, though, that has to shape how we think about faith and even about the supernatural interventions of God in our lives. Think about the way Jesus lived and how when God moved in his own life for his own deliverance, what did it look like? Right When Jesus was a baby, they needed a miracle to save his life because the king was on a campaign to kill him. And angels appeared. An angel appeared to Jesus' father in a dream and told him, take your wife and the baby and flee to Egypt. God intervened supernaturally. It was a miracle to save him. So how did they get to Egypt? Hello? They walked. It's a supernatural deliverance of God. And it made Jesus a refugee. And he walked. It didn't make it easy for him. Brothers and sisters, we need to adjust our expectations about faith. Because when we call out to God and we follow Jesus, we've got to realize our convenience is not the priority. And so when I say Jesus walked, I'm giving you a metaphor. I'm giving you a way of, of thinking and having a perspective about how we walk by faith. Jesus walked, not taking shortcuts. And somebody looks at your life and says, why, why are you doing it that way? It just seems harder. Why are you being faithful to your wife when the marriage isn't going well? Just get a different one. Your answer is Jesus walked. 
It's not the easy way. It's the fruitful way. This is where we find true fruitfulness. Our faith is not a shortcut to enable us to ride instead of to walk. Faith is what enables us to walk the way Jesus did and experience real spiritual fruitfulness. It's worked out in the day-to-day obedience that we find following Jesus. I want to call to you, if you've bought into what I would call a gimmick faith, an easy kind of shortcut faith that's a substitute for walking, trade it for the real thing. Take it back to that store you got it from and go to Jesus, go to the cross, back to what Corey was telling us last week, that Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow me, he has to follow me. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Don't buy into a gimmick faith. Don't be seduced by shortcuts. Don't present faith in Jesus as an alternative to walking for others. Don't present faith as the quick answer and the quick solution to all of life's problems. Present our faith as what connects us to the one who is our answer in everything, to Jesus Christ ourselves. And Jesus' call, it's a call to walk the path of the cross, not to take an easy ride. Following Jesus means walking with him on the path of obedience that is shaped like a cross. And we saw, I had up on the screen a little earlier, Mark 1, verse 16. That as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew. And what he said to them in the next verse was, come, follow me. And following Jesus, it means walking with Jesus. And please, I I am spiritualizing it, but I don't want you to over-spiritualize it. There are day-to-day practical choices that we can make that are harder instead of easier, but are fruitful in our obedience to Jesus. Jesus was actually physically walking. And faithful Christ-like living means that you and I aren't looking to keep our convenience the priority. If you discover in your decision-making, your choices day-to-day, that you're shaping your priorities and decisions around what makes things easier, reorient your focus to Jesus and be asking, Lord, What's most important to you? What would be most fruitful for your purpose and your glory? Because if we're going to follow Jesus, like Corey was urging us last week, we have to learn to deny ourselves. And the faith that grows strong is the faith that's learned to say no to our own convenience and yes to following God in fruitful but often difficult ways. Instead of looking for shortcuts, instead of looking for putting our hopes on increasing our own convenience, We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. To fix our eyes on Jesus. Let him be at the center, not our own convenience. And whether you're in a season of waiting, a season of walking, a season of working, fix your eyes on Jesus. And when the going gets hard, don't conclude that it means faith somehow isn't working. Instead, it's your faith growing stronger as you walk with Jesus through the difficult road of life. Our faith was made for difficulty. Our faith was made for the storms. Our faith grows. And in those seasons where you are straining against the oars and you feel like the wind is just against you and you can't make any progress, hear what Jesus says. It's I. Take courage. Don't be afraid. And if you're walking down the road and it feels like the road itself is hard and you're tired and weary from the journey, 
know that Jesus is walking right there with you. You're not walking to catch up to where he already arrived because he had the ride. No, he's walking. And we're walking with him on that very road. Now, each time that we share communion together, we are affirming that the way of the cross is the pathway into glory. Faith is not a shortcut around the cross into glory. Faith takes us to the cross, through the cross, to the glory of God himself. Let's pray. Lord, we confess our love for convenience. Lord, we confess that we do not like it hard. I don't, Lord. I know my brothers and sisters don't enjoy things being hard. Jesus, I pray that that your presence and your witness would be our focus. Lord, that you lift our eyes away from the temptations that rob us from true life. Lord, that we would walk with you in faithful and fruitful obedience. In your precious name, amen.